everybody. Welcome back to Love Curvy Yoga. Thank you so much for joining us again. And as always, if you are enjoying hanging out with us every week, you can like and subscribe. And we've been loving the feedback that you've been giving us on social media, so please keep it up. We um, just appreciate you guys listening and sharing your ideas with us. And I am very, very excited today because um, I have a special guest with me. Her name is Jessie Harold, and Jessie... Um, she recently wrote a book and I started to think about how I was going to introduce her and then realized that I just told you about the entire book. So I'm not going to do that, but I am going to read her bio really quickly. So Jessie is a writer, teacher, coach, and doula, which I love. She holds degrees in neuroscience and health promotion and her qualitative story-based research on women's experiences, navigating health and well-being has won multiple awards and been published internationally. Her writing has been featured in Explore Magazine, Mind Body Green, Inspired Coach Magazine, and International Doula Magazine. Jessie lives in an oceanfront cottage in eastern Canada where she raises her children and tends to her land. I love it. Jessie, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, thank you just for being here with us and for um, sharing. We'll get into it in a little bit, but just sharing your work and your book. And I'm excited before we jump into all of that, we are going to do kind of our regular stuff. So practice notes for the week. My practice notes for the week is, um, Shavasana is yoga. (laughs) So we talked a little bit about that last week when we were talking about practicing at home, but, um, I have chosen the last few mornings to sleep instead of getting up to practice or go do other forms of movement. And it was because I needed it. And um, this is just a reminder to you and to me that, uh, again, that does not mean that you've abandoned your practice. (laughs) Uh, Jesse, do you have something to share with us? Oh, I I kind of want to just build on that and agree with it because my practice has not been on a mat recently and uh, right. And so in the summer, especially I tend to do my yoga while walking outside and gardening and right. Um, And it's, it's really interesting. I don't want to go into too much detail, but I was thinking today of like how great I feel about my body Mm. right now. I'm spending so much time outside and you know, just noticing the things that like the conditions that allow me to love my body the most mm. are also the most times when I feel most spacious. Yes. Yeah. And when I've got the time and the space to move intuitively and to meet my body's needs, which is kind of like what you're saying around Sushavasana. Like it's yeah. such a, right in that resting place is where we can really notice ourselves, right? I love that. And I feel very much the same being outdoors kind of has the same effect on me. So I also love summer for that same reason. Okay. Well, we're just not going to waste any time because I'm really excited um, to get to hear from Jesse and to talk about her books. So we're going to jump right into our main segment and Jesse wrote a book called Project Project Body Love. And I mean, I could go through and like read all of the reviews and all the things, but <laughs> there was something that I saw when I was re- researching the book. And she said, I wrote this for a world that needs its women committed to revolution and sovereignty and joy and not eating more salad. <laughs> <laughs> and I, first of all, you use words I love. I love the word revolution. I love the word sovereignty. I love the word joy. I mean, I also love the word salad. 
<laughs> I love all of that. So thank you for joining us. And we're just going to jump right in. So first of all, go ahead and tell me, just tell me a little bit about the book and maybe when did you decide that you wanted to write a book? What was that process like for you? Yeah, it was kind of a funny process. Well, it, uh, I didn't really intend to write a book when, okay. it started, when I started out, which is kind of strange. Um, but it, I guess it began um, after I birthed my second child four years ago. Okay. Um, and, you know, prior to that, I'd spent well over a decade um, engaged in a lot of disordered eating and uh, over-exercise was my claim to fame. Um, and when I birthed my second child, I had, you know, kind of a confluence of different things that happened. You know, I, my body had changed shape quite significantly. Um, yeah. And I wasn't able to do the things that I used to be able to do to feel better about my body, which was um, to say that I didn't have, you know, three hours a day to exercise anymore. And I didn't, you know, I just didn't have the energy or the time. And there was also this kind of values shift for me that I didn't care as much about it anymore. Yeah. But I also felt like I was not, I felt like I was living in someone else's body. Like I was felt very disoriented in my physical um, body. And so I knew I had to do something different than I'd ever done before to be again, exploring my relationship with my body, building a relationship with my body. Um, and so I, I'll kind of rewind a little bit. My work with women um, as a doula and a coach is, is guiding women through what I call modern day rites of passage mm -hmm. and sort of really looking at identity shift as opposed to behavior shift. Yeah. Um, and so I started to think, well, maybe I'll take a dose of my own medicine and yeah approach this, um, this kind of conundrum that I had of wanting to have a relationship with my body and not willing to ch work to change my body anymore as a rite of passage and as something that I could explore as an identity shift um, for myself. And, and so in a kind of meta way, I thought I should write about it at the same time because that's kind of how I process things. Yeah. Um, but what I did was engage in a series of tiny experiments to begin to explore this complex relationship that I had with my body. And so, you know, it started off, I was 18 months postpartum or so. And, um, you know, started off with just like doing things like having a shower every so often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yes. So, like these very basic, like rudimentary acts of self tending yeah. um, that it began with. And as I kind of delved further and further down this process, I, I learned about health at every size. I learned about intuitive eating, things that I'd never heard of, uh, even yeah. heard of before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that rocked my world, took my yoga teacher training in this process. And like really all of these things started to, to help me to realize that this was going to be an inside job. This was not going to be about like getting seven hours of sleep every night or drinking more water or whatever that it was going to be. This sort of deep sense of self-acceptance that I was seeking. So it was this kind of, it ended up being really like a four-year process of writing this book. Um, and, and you know, the, the book is called Project Body Love, My Quest to Love My Body and the Surprising Truth I Found Instead. Um, and ultimately, I'll, I'll do the kind of giveaway because it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, 
Don't give it away. We want people to buy the book, but you're the author. So give it's okay. it away. I'm allowed to because it's right on the cover of the book. Um, you know, in the completion of, of the book, yeah, I thought, I thought that I was going to come to this point where I would, I don't know, look in the mirror and do a happy dance or something. Like I didn't yes. know what, what yeah. body love was supposed to look like yeah. um, or feel like, or what it was, what, I, what was I going to do or be or feel differently because I loved my body. Um, and so for a long time, this book sat incomplete because mm. I didn't love my body yet. And yeah. um, it was actually in, in uh, Anna's book, Curvy Yoga, where she talks about um, loving your body as a practice. And that kind of cracked open this whole new perspective for me around, oh, this is going to be a process. And it's okay if there are days when body love feels like a stretch. Yes. Um, right. Cause we live in this world that doesn't love all of our bodies back. Right. Equally, right. And yeah. so it can be challenging. And I think it was with that, that I was able to kind of with a ton of self-compassion release the book out into the world. And I think it generates a way more interesting conversation um, about body love and actually questioning if body love is what, we kind of quote unquote should be pursuing right. um, yep. if, if that's like a, a pursuit just as um, sort of fruitless or meaningless or as dieting in and of itself. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, you know, some of the exploration that I've been doing in, in the writing of this book. Maybe that's the long story. The long I love the long story. story. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, there's yeah. so many things there to touch upon. One thing that I wanted to just say is that, you know, one thing that we, that comes up, a lot on this podcast or in like blogs or just when we're talking is just this idea of, you know, we're very much like a destination goal kind of culture. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, you do feel like, oh, I'm going to hit this point and I'm going to come to this day and it's going to be over. And I've grasped the whole thing and I'm good. And I'm going to love my body every single day, every minute for the rest of my life. And I think that that is where the struggle comes in for so many people because it's just, that's not it. Mm-hmm. It's not an end. It's not an end thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a practice. Totally. One of the things that I kind of discovered in the book that I love talking with people about is that like this idea of, you know, we, we talk about in health at every size, we talk about the idea of health as being this kind of deified um, goal that we should all pursue. And I feel like body love has also become this deified goal that we should pursue, sure. but, but both of those, both health and body love are equally um, nebulous. Like mm-hmm. what does it mean? What, what happens differently yeah. um, when you love your body or when you're quote unquote healthy? Yeah. Um, and one thing I, I explore in the book that um, it's, I think it's a great conversation to have is um, instead of pursuing like whatever it is, health or love or, you know, vibrancy or whatever these kind yeah. of vague goals are, how, what is your, what is your purpose for your body is, is sort of, you know, what do you want? Yeah. What do you want this like physical self that you were born with to be able to do for you with you in this lifetime? Um, and, and in my exploration of that, and I think in many of the conversations I've had with women that, that mostly we want to be able to just experience the world in ways that are important and meaningful to us. And generally those experiences can happen regardless of the way we look 
Yeah. Regardless of our size. Oh, I love that. And so often we block those things from ourselves because we let our size keep us from doing things. Oh, yes. That we love or that we enjoy or to have our pictures taken or, you know, just anything. Like I've been there 100% I've been there. And I know so many of us have been there too. And we end up losing out on moments that we could be having that are joyful. And I know I had a moment a couple weeks ago where I was having just like, I was having a moment. And later on in the day, I got to do something that was really meaningful to me. And that brings me a lot of joy and makes me really happy. And I remember when it was over thinking, I can't believe I spent that much time this morning thinking about my thighs. Like when I got to do this thing this afternoon. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And I think I think that way of my yoga teacher training, I looked for every excuse. I I I wanted my instructor to tell me to come back when I was thinner or fitter or like could yes. do headstands or something. Yes. Um and I was, I was I was looking for every opportunity to to give myself permission to not want not do it. to do yes. it. Yeah. And after it was complete, I thought, "Oh my gosh, what if I had missed that?" Because I thought my body wasn't good enough. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, like, that's so, it's so powerful. Yeah. It's really powerful. Let's talk about um, your yoga teacher training for a second, since you mentioned it. Um, Mm. Well, not about your training necessarily, but um, how has yoga kind of played into all of this for you? Was it a helpful tool for you to begin to like listen to your body, to give your body what it needs? Did it play into any of this at all? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it did a couple of things for me. Well, not just a couple, but I know. <laughs> some of the most kind of prominent ways in which yoga showed up for me. I've been, I've been practicing forever since I was 15. Um, and one of the kind of key ways in which it kind of shifted my perspective was that, yeah, I went into my training um, actually without a really thriving practice. I was sort of like not the ideal candidate, quote unquote, for a, for a YTT at that moment in my life. I just had a baby. I actually hadn't like, hadn't been practicing hardly at all. And, um, and yet felt deeply compelled to do this training. And so um, you know, I felt very self-conscious about the fact that I couldn't do, um, and in, in, in many cases had never been able to do like some of the more complex poses that I had associated with, um, with, you know, someone who had yoga teacher training right. and the fact that like, I guess just understanding deeply that a yoga wasn't necessarily about the poses, if at right. all. So that and, revolutionary thing that most of us went into yoga teacher training not knowing. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And B, um, that it was uh, learning about the sort of energetics of mm. yoga and how you know I did my training. It, it was just myself and one other woman who was you know definitely fit the stereotype of wow a yoga yoga yeah teacher and and the fact that at the end of the practice she and I had experienced energetically the mm. same thing. Yes, that's so that, good. Yeah. It felt really meaningful to me that my body, even with these modifications and even with these different abilities, um, could experience the same the same thing. Yeah. Which meant 
meant that all of yoga was um, accessible to me. All of the sort of both physical and emotional and spiritual benefits were all available to me uh, in my body. Yeah. And that was kind of revolutionary for that me. That is revolutionary. Yeah. 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 That's huge. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay. We've talked about this a little bit. I feel like you touched on it already, but can you maybe like talk a little bit more or pinpoint, we talked about how kind of motherhood um, after you had your second baby was kind of the trigger for this new journey that you had gone on, but can you pinpoint like a time or a season in your life when you became aware of your relationship with your body, negative or positive? So maybe before, mm-hmm. before the second baby. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, this is kind of one of the tiny experiments that I did in the course of writing the book was to really delve into the history of what it was to live in my body. And, um, you know, I sort of joke, that it's not very funny that I, that I found out that I was fat when I was six years old and it was a real pivotal moment in my life when I was uh, trick or treating for Halloween, I was dressed up like a witch. And um, I went to this woman's door and she opened the door and said, Oh, what have we here? And before I could respond, she said, Oh, fat witch. Oh. And it was this kind of um, pivotal moment of understanding that my body was different and, and kind of, you know, very implicitly understanding that I was, you know, different than my peers, that I had a different experience in the world um, than the vast majority of the children around me. Yeah. Um, and I think another very pivotal moment that had like kind of this both shadow and light side to it was when I was 16 years old and I, I had a very um, kind of sedentary childhood. I was like a reader and a writer and, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a very physical child and I don't know why we did this, but at the age of 16, my dad and I went whitewater rafting. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah randomly kind of randomly and I was a great swimmer at that point in my life but um this was very far outside my usual context um and on the final rapid of the day it was a five plus rapid so the biggest rapid you can get um we dumped out of the boat and swam down basically swam down the rapid and uh, got to the end and once we figured out we were both okay (laughs) I kind of had this epiphany that oh my god my body can do really cool things. Yeah. And so it kind of set off like that was, I would say, you know, the beginning of a decade plus of sort of over exercise. Like what can I prove that my body can do even though it's fat, even though it doesn't fit in, in the way that I so wanted to fit in when I was six years old, but also, also knowing very deeply that my body could do cool things. Um, was and still is a great benefit to me. Oh well. my gosh. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's been like over the years, these pivotal moments, um, and both negative and positive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when I burst my babies, I learned a whole other realm of cool yeah. things my body could do. Yes. <laughs> right. This whole other level of appreciation. And I feel like I'm sure that as I get older, as I age, maybe I'll become Um, unwell or injured or you know there's all kinds of things that will happen that will kind of continue to pivot my relationship with my body which is like that kind of you know when we talked earlier about that moment that we all assume we're going to like have body love we will have achieved it 
um, then what happens? Yeah, if, things change. Yeah, right. Because we're always changing, and I think yes. like it's it's more about this, you know, series of practices or um, this this attitude or way of being in our bodies that's more important than this ultimate goal of body love. I love that. That's so good. I know. I'm now. You've got me like thinking about my because I too had a really defining moment after being like a not very, I was told growing up a lot that I was just like clumsy. And so I just thought I don't do physical things. I had never played a sport. Um, I had never done anything. I'd never loved kind of any form of exercise or anything like that. And it was, I took, I was 29 and I went to a friend dragged me to hot yoga and I left that, that, class and was like, I cannot believe what my body just did. And it's amazing that it's nice to have those moments that you can kind of pinpoint because we also, I also have those negative moments from my childhood as well, (laughs) but it's nice to have like those positive moments too, um, that are really defined that you can be like, that was the moment when I realized just a small piece of like what my body was capable of and kind of feel that appreciation for your body in that way for the first time is so nice. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hold those experiences. Oh my Um, gosh. Yes. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. Okay. Well, we also talked about, um, what prompted you to begin your journey to self-love and acceptance. But as a mother, motherhood was also um, a real gateway to me for all of this. Um, And so I'm just curious if you can think of any ways that you feel like this has has affected you positively as a mother or how you parent. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, I don't know if it's affected the way I parent so much as like my children have taught me about yeah. what it is to love my body and be embodied. Yes. Um, I mean, there are no humans more embodied than children. Right. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and they just don't care what right. my body looks like. Right. Um, and, and sometimes they ask very like beautifully matter of fact questions. It's like, mm mommy, your belly is large. Why is your belly big? Yeah. Well, I grew you there. And, um, and isn't it a great pillow? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, literally, I literally told a friend today that my son who is 13, by the way, told uh-huh. me that my stomach feels like a uh, memory foam. Um, and he meant <laughs> yeah. it in the most complimentary way. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that means I'm comfortable. Thank you. <laughs> Exactly. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah. But there's this, well, isn't there this like, I mean, our children accept us so deeply. Yes. Um, Right. And I think that it's more so that I take a, you know, a page from their book (laughs) and, and try to see myself with the same eyes they see me. I love it. That's so great. I love it. Okay, well, we are going to jump right into our resource for the week, which is, of course, Jessie's book. (laughs) So I'm going to let her kind of talk to you about the book, where you can get the book, um, all that good stuff. So go for it, Jessie. Yeah, sure. So we've talked a lot about the book. It's it's partially my own process, but it also... Um, you know, contains a kind of cultural critique and some, uh, you know, some elements of self-help, I suppose, um, some book club questions and stuff in the back, like 
things that you can do to kind of spark your own uh, process as well. Um, and you can find it at www.projectbodylove.com. Um, and it's available there. And also um, at that website, if you're interested in diving further, I have a four week long program. It's a self study online program um, where you can dive into your own project body love. So that's mm -hmm. available there too. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. Mm -hmm. We will link in the show notes to Jesse's website so you can easily find all of that. So if you're driving right now, do not write down the website. <laughs> waiting for you in the notes. Drive safely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we are going to hop right into my favorite part of the week, which is gratitude. And uh, my gratitude for this week is for sneakers. <laughs> if you have been around long enough, you've probably heard me talk about my deep, passionate love for heels that I have had since I was probably 16 years old. And I love heels and I wear them as much as I can and any excuse that I can and dress them up and dress them down and do all of that. Um, but I'm finding <laughs> as I'm getting older, um, there are consequences, consequences and repercussions for wearing them. And so even if they feel okay in the moment, oftentimes like the next day, my ankle hurts or, I mean, it's literally what's happening right now. My ankle hurts <laughs> because uh -huh. it and that's really the only explanation. So I am cultivating a love for sneakers right now <laughs> because I feel like it's what my body needs. Um, luckily my children are both big sneaker heads, so they're helping me and, um, I've been wearing them and they are very comfortable and I'm upset that it took me this long to get here. <laughs> <laughs> so my gratitude for this week goes straight to Nike. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Oh, I'm so grateful for so many things. Uh, this week, I'm very grateful for my gardens. Yeah. I started a little flower farm this year, and um, I gave it a hashtag and an Instagram account while the seeds were still like underground, like really crossing my fingers that this would turn into a thing. Yes. Um, and it has. So. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. I'm grateful for my hundred gladiolas and a big row of sunflowers and they're all growing and thriving. It's pretty exciting. Gladiolas are amazing. We currently, we also have gardens and some, some land and the zinnia are everywhere. Like, my daughter said, I don't remember being there being this many last year. And I'm like, that's because there wasn't. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, so they're everywhere. I love it. Yeah, our growing season feels like it's just starting. So I'm kind of like waiting in, with bated breath for oh, everything. It's going to be amazing. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for just hanging out with me this week. Thank um, you. It was so good to talk to you. I am going to just close us out with one deep breath together. We'll inhale and exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Namaste. Namaste.